I am good. I can't complain, considering. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, all things considered. But, you know, we have, I'm actually going to say that that's as much as we're going to do as far as our yeah. pleasantries today. We've got a lot to cover. I'm looking sure forward do. to your opening uh, story. And I've got a couple things. So we are going to have some fun. So let's just, no big dancing diatribes. Hannah Hampton, take it away. Well, before we get into our topics, I just want to share, this is a this is a plug for another podcast, and I'm not getting paid for it. This is purely uh, me sharing something that I enjoy. But I listen to, the New York Times has a podcast called The Daily. And each day they do a story, and it could be about anything. And recently they had a story called Protesting Her Own Employer, an assistant apparel designer at Adidas, and how she came to lead protests against her employer's handling of race. And I have to say, you know, I listened to it. It was fascinating, but she had some uh, a couple of things about how she reported things to HR and the response to it. And I thought, well, this is definitely import- an important podcast for anybody in HR to listen to. So I don't want to give away too much, but I have to say I, I was it was a really interesting, intriguing story, and I um, really enjoyed hearing about this woman, how she protested her own employer, and I um, think it's a great story, and I hope that uh, other people listen, and if you listen, let us know your thoughts. I thought it was a must-listen-to for HR professionals, so there you go. So I'm going to catch you off guard. We don't prepare, yeah. which is very obvious to our listeners, some episodes <laughs> more than others. Is there any one thing without spoiling the podcast yeah. that you'd say you it was a strong takeaway for you? First of all, listen. Uh, just listen to your, your people. If there is a complaint, listen and try to understand their experience. And that's all I'm going to say. Boil it down to or take it into where you're putting your feet into their shoes. Um, because I think I think what went wrong was they talked a little bit about intent, they talked a little bit about you know this and that, but I think you truly need to try to think of how things happen from the experience of the other person. And that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know what though? I think that's great. And there are days where we're not allowed as HR professionals to quote unquote, have a bad day. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is we have always got to be ready to try to capture the other person's perspective and truly yeah. empathize, not turn on the automated empathy switch. That's how we get things done. And, and when you don't, or if that person just catches you at what the quote unquote wrong time for you and you don't fully engage, you, you can't just have you always have to filter even your own knee-jerk reaction sometimes you have to yeah. really engage and listen and empathize and, and try to gain their perspective and you may have just had the worst phone call of your day or of your life and that person's walking in your office with big issue An for them a very important issue so i definitely agree with that it's you have to be able to you know I guess separate yourself. We all have bad days, but you can't let it cloud your judgment and you can't let it cloud how you do things. And I think it's really important for HR professionals to be able to do that because, yeah, we all have bad days, but 
we, you can't let it affect somebody else because I feel like that could turn into, you know, that snowballs and turns into something, could turn into something way worse. So just be able it. to do that. Yeah. So that's a, a podcast uh, by the the Daily, by the New York Times. I'll definitely yep, the check Daily. that one out. Mm-hmm. So here is me. I'm going to try to uh, bring some positivity to the fold today. All right. Some good um, vibes. This is a quick little story I want to share just because I think it's cool as fuck. The 20, in celebration of the 25th anniversary of the Women's Prize for Fiction, mm-hmm. the company Bailey's, who has been the sponsor of that award since 2013, they have launched what's called the Reclaim Her Name campaign. Oh, I cannot cool. believe I got that right on the first take. What they're doing is they're releasing a collection of 25 books that champion female writers across the globe. These books specifically champion women who publish iconic novels under male pseudonyms by putting their actual names on the cover. What's cool about this is the way they are doing the covers to these books is the author's name is the header, and it takes up almost a third of the cover, and then they have the the designs, and then the title of the novel is just across the bottom. So it really celebrates the author, and they should get that type of top billing because their true names weren't utilized when these books were released. And what's really cool about this is you can go on the Bailey's website and – Download any of the books in a digital version for free. Mm. They are taking these box sets and they're sending some of them to libraries. Um, And, of course, they are available for sale, but that's not the whole point of it. The point of it is, like they say, to reclaim the name. You know, there's a within the middle of a lot of social change and social shift. I think we need to point out the positive when possible in celebration of a female vice president nominee this week. I figured we'd also share this. I thought it would be a nice little tie in. That's as political as it gets. Now, I know you have another story that you've been holding on yes. to for me, right? Oh, yes. You're going to be so excited. <laughs> so guess who's back in the news? But our, our good friends. McDonald's. <laughs> oh, but it gets better, doesn't it? It does get better. Oh, so, yes. McDonald's is suing their former CEO, Steve Easterbrook. Oh. They're suing him to take back the severance they paid him. Yes. Oh, so, Mr. Easterbrook, he, he, are you saying he may not get rewarded for spreading about his secret sauce? <laughs> Exactly. Ah. So basically, I guess, so his exit package, uh, from what I've read, was around $42 million, (laughs) which is just, to me, insanity, but whatever. $42 million, and I guess, allegedly, they're saying, or they're claiming, that the the CEO, the former CEO, lied during the restaurant's uh, investigation about his consensual relationship with an employee, And I guess uh, the allegations are that Mr. Easterbrook had physical relationships with um, with other employees or, you know, (laughs) yeah, there was more uh, sexual relationships with employees uh, before he was let go. He had tried to destroy some records and um, there I guess the investigation found sexually explicit photos and some video footage which i'm like i wow wow <laughs> yes and then more of the story is 
I guess um, one of the employees that he was in a sexual relationship with was uh, approved a stock grant uh, that was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it seems like he paid somebody off. I don't I mean, I don't I haven't done a really deep dive into this, but I have read a couple of articles and I just thought, wow, um, here we are again. McDonald's and, and you know, I am not going to lie. I love me an Egg McMuffin. That has been my go-to lunch many a times when I used to travel on the road uh, for my job. So I, 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 I enjoy some McDonald's every now and again. So I feel bad that yet we're piling on. But, man, this former CEO did not do the right things if these allegations are true. Wow. So first off, I, I want you to know, I, I know you can hear me making a little bit of noise in the background. Sure. But I feel like friggin' Scrappy-Doo back here. Like, just yeah. like, let me at him. Let me at him. That's hopefully the only Scrappy-Doo reference I ever make in my life because he <laughs> ruined Scooby-Doo as far as I'm concerned. We were discussing having an award show episode, and I was really thinking about, you know, partnering with Energizer and creating the HR After Hours Energizer Outside Contributor of the Year for being the person... <laughs> that just keeps on giving again and again yes. and again. Yes. And that was before I knew he was giving it to you know employees again yes. and again and again. So not only is he giving us some excellent fodder just to... And he lied about it. And he well, destroyed evidence. This is what it's all, all the, you know, it's saying that he did, but... <laughs> yeah. So first off, uh, and, and I'm just dying here. You can hear me. Mm -hmm. I do feel obligated for the sake of full disclosure to say, because because Hannah did mention her her love for the egg McMuffin. And I've already had people ask me, you know, Mick, why do you gun for McDonald's so hard? And I really don't. It's just fun. But mm -hmm. for the sake of full disclosure, I must admit I am a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that up front because someone's going to point that out at some time because it does seem like I'm just gunning for, you know, McDonald's. My philosophy and thoughts on fast food and beef and all that have nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. So with getting that out of the way, let me just say, holy cow, are you fucking kidding me, Mr. <laughs> Easterbrook? I mean, seriously with this guy. Well, first off, the fact that he lied and he tried to hide it, well, that's a no-shit Sherlock scenario, okay? Right. Anytime you do stuff like that and there's thousands of dollars involved, that, that that's automatic. That's it. But this is tens of millions of dollars of separate. $42 million, yeah. The, the guy well, gets busted for one, and he knows there are two others out there. So he's got to, you know, like make the new McDonald's knows? breakfast thing and make a McScramble to get this shit out, you know, any any evidence whatsoever mm -hmm. that he is dipping his McNuggets other places he has to cover that. That is definitely a cover your greasy pimply ass scenario. My goodness. I mean, this guy, no wonder McDonald's is failing uh, fiscally. We got this guy. He's so busy that anytime he goes somewhere to get something accomplished, instead he's having Tristan rendezvous with every McDonald's employee he can dip his French fries in. I mean, this is just <laughs> insane to me. I love this guy because he makes me look like a friggin' saint. Well, I, I always say, you know, I want to try to bring out, I feel like there's two HR lessons here. Two. 
Number one, and I, I used to I used to train my managers this way because a lot of times they'd tell me, oh, you know, my team, my team likes me. We're friends. And I would say they're your friends until they're not. And the moment you do something wrong, all of the evidence of everything wrong you've done is going to come to light and it's going to come to me. So number one, always if you're always doing the right thing, you don't have to worry about stuff like this coming, you know, coming to light. So again, as a manager, they're your friends until they're not. So just follow the rules and follow the policies and you'll be good. Number two lesson, as an HR professional, if somebody brings a complaint to you, it's your duty to fully investigate. Now, I think we've all, every HR person has dealt with this where you're in the midst of an investigation and the person quits for one reason or another. You're the person you're investigating quits. Maybe they know they're going to get caught. Maybe they have another job offer. There's many reasons why, but that does not mean your investigation stops. It's your job to fully investigate whether or not that person is still there so you can determine these things. So I'm not, I don't know what happened in the HR department. They might've fully investigated and then all the, you know, everything was hidden well enough where they couldn't, it couldn't come to light. But I think it's really important for people to remember if you start an investigation, you still need to complete it so that you can make a determination whether or not that person is still at the company. So those are my two HR lessons about this story. Well, what I think is crazy about this story, or actually I should say the least crazy part about this story is the way all this came to light, someone just threw, threw them under the bus. So I yeah. don't know, there may be more to this story. Whoever you know threw him under the bus to McDonald's may have been trying to get something from him for their silence. Yeah. I mean, this story they is over. It may just be <laughs> it may just be beginning. I would even call this my HR lesson. Let's just say my, you know, do the right thing lesson is you yeah. you actually I, I think your biggest point was what you said there at the end of the first point. You just gotta do the right thing. I oh, think yeah. it was John or John Wayne. Oh my gosh. I'm not even going to edit <laughs> this out because that's hilarious. It was, I believe it was Mark Twain. Talk <laughs> about two different people. John Wayne and Mark Twain was attributed to saying, if you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what you say. Or it's, mm -hmm. you know, the whole fact is you, it's only hard work when you start lying because you got to go start covering those lies. Yeah. And it's like you said, if you just do the right thing, and for another quick sake of full disclosure, Mrs. Danzig did used to work for me and I filled out all sorts of legal fines. And even you ready for this? I even suspended myself for one week without pay for dating my wife. This is a true story. So I did that because I had to give full disclosure to the company. I, it was the wrong thing to do. I should have waited. Before, she should have left. And then I should have started dating her. There was a little bit of overlap. So, but my whole point is you're going to get caught. You have no confidence that's not going to eventually spill the beans well, inadvertently I, or on purpose. Can I say something too? Like camp of how dumb can you be? <laughs> yeah. Allegedly in one of the articles I read, there were, you know, the sexually explicit pictures or videos or whatever from, from some female employees. He sent them allegedly, Mr. Easterbrook sent them from his, mcdonald's email account to his personal email account and i feel like what <laughs> i mean i'm not saying do it but 
how about just have it in your personal email account and leave your company email account out of it? But I, you know, to me, that's just like puzzling. I feel like how stupid can you be to do that? Don't use your work email because we all know our work email can be screened at any time. IT has access to it. Like it's, it's to me, I feel like keep your personal life out of your work email, but this just goes to show you those lines were blurred from him from the get-go, I guess. I don't know what else to say about it. I just think it's insane. It's just like politics. It's it's the higher you start working your way up in anything, the more of a saint-like existence you have to live. Or, mm-hmm. you, you know, first and foremost, it's just like you said, just keep it out of work. My God, seriously. You know, <laughs> fuck. Oh, my God. Keep your McNuggets out of the hot Szechuan sauce, Easterbrook. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, ah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's good. But you know what? It's it's true. And it, it, to me, again. <sighs> well, it'd be different it's, if he found the love of his life at work. Yeah. He came out like, a you know, like a like a true rock star and apologized and said, you know, I work 90 hours a week. Uh, I met my wife here. I love of my life. I'm willing to take a suspension, do whatever you want to do to me, but I'm passionate about this terrible pork product. I don't know. I just, ah, a lot of people meet their spouses at work. I mean, I think about Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, they met at work and, and, and sometimes it does work out, but you have to do things the right way. And that's, I guess that's, that's always the moral of the story on an HR podcast is don't be stupid. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, don't be a jerk and uh, you'll always be HR compliant. Treat, treat people the same and don't be a jerk. But this I, it just to me, it blows me away that, you know, he went he went out of his way to try to hide things and cover things up to get his big payout. And then I think about all the people who work in the, in the restaurants who get paid minimum wage and are scra- scraping to get by and are working very hard and doing the right things for the co- for the same company that paid somebody forty two million dollars for bad behavior. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. But if you're doing the right thing, you're going to stay out of trouble. Yeah, and seriously, Steve Easterbrook, give me a call. I want to talk to you. I'll give you some numbers and some top-tier escorts, and you can just keep it out of work, you know? You should get with Charlie Sheen, make a fresh plan of attack. I don't know, but, I mean, <laughs> geez, with this guy. I love it, though. It's it, these are Always I think, something to talk about. I'm telling you, I think he has contributed to some of our best podcasts, and if we ever become famous, Hannah – we're going to have to take this guy out to dinner and a drink, you know, and we'll just have to make sure he doesn't spend too much time talking to our server uh, or bartender. We just got to have to keep a close eye on the guy. My God, I feel yeah. like it's like your dog when it just starts humping every other dog inside at the park and you get embarrassed. <laughs> That's like cocktails with Easterbrook, right? I, I don't know. It's like, hey, love. maybe he's a bad influence and I can't hang out with him anymore. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's just like going back to Mad Men times where he thinks that he can treat the treat his employees like his personal dating pool, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's, you know, whatever it is, Mr. Easterbrook, I hope you get some help. Or maybe you're just a terrible person. I don't know. I I look forward to seeing what, what your future endeavors entail. He would say, I'm a fool for love. And I'll be like, yeah. well, you are a fool. <laughs> 
Well, Hannah, I think we have chock full this podcast of some <laughs> fun tidbits. I cannot stop laughing, but you know what? That's exactly what I needed today. So, as usual, always a pleasure, Hannah Hampton. Thank Thanks. you for just bringing all this fun stuff to light today. Well, I'm glad that I could at least put an HR lesson in there or else it would just be us gossiping. So, uh, again, take away that HR lesson of, uh, you know, doing the right thing and fully investigating complaints. That's my tip for the day. (laughs) Awesome. And, hey, Steve Easterbrook, you have – I'm extending an open invitation Uh for you to talk to us on this show anytime. (laughs) <laughs> I would love to pick your brain if that, if he, whatever's going on up there, maybe let a little blood go upstairs before we talk. But uh, you have an open invitation to speak to us here at HR After Hours anytime because, my friend, I think you have brought out the best in McDancy and Hannah Hanson. And for that, I salute you.